Our scripture reading will be from Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29 from the New Revised Standard Version. You'll find this text on page 189 in the New Testament section. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. We have been working through a series called Growing Up, looking at what does it mean to have spiritual maturity, Uh, to develop, to grow. And we've been following along with the Apostle Paul, who in Galatians 5 talks about fruit of the Spirit, that uh, in the midst of a struggle on um, what does it mean to be a Christian, he talks about, well, if you live and you walk by the Spirit, these things are evident and visible in your life, and this is how we can know uh, that the Spirit is at work in you. And so we've already gone through love and joy peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. And today, we look at faithfulness. Faithfulness, that commitment, that loyalty, that trustworthiness, devotion, being filled with faith. And like everything else in our series, it's not about it just being a feeling, because that's not visible and distinguishable in the world, um, but actually living out faithfulness. Now, I think that we might, for some of us in the room, we might feel like faithfulness is an easier one. Maybe love was hard when you're you're angry with somebody. Maybe patience is hard. But for some people, faithfulness feels like, okay, I got that one. You know, I I show up at church most of the time, and and I show up to this or that, so therefore, I don't feel so, so tough about faithfulness. And I do want to mention that there are some generational differences that for some of our older crowd, you, had, you grew up in a society that valued faithfulness and loyalty uh, maybe higher than some of the younger generations, that you're supposed to be there and you should be there, therefore be there. And for a lot of younger people today, that's not the value that's at the forefront. Usually they wanna know why I should be there, what's the purpose, what's the value, what's the mission, and they want to know a lot more before they're going to show up to something. But we're all actually equally challenged, I think, by faithfulness because it's not only something that I do, but I'm in a world that is less and less faithful, less and less trustworthy and loyal, um, in a world in which we deal with all the brokenness, um, people who have abandoned us, people who have um, quit on us, people who have been no-shows when they said they were going to be there, uh, in a a world and church in which we don't have the same expectations of presence all of the time that, well, maybe I'll see you 
the Christmas and Easter's or, or, or maybe once a month or two. Or, you know, we, we get used to the fact that people aren't as committed and as present as maybe they could be. I, I wanted to share a story with you about the challenge of faithfulness before I get into some of the ways we experience that challenge. Someone I know who I will rename for this story, I'll rename her Rachel. Rachel was a devoted married wife and mother, married maybe 25, 30 years. Her husband was driving and had a stroke, had an accident, got taken quickly to the hospital. And in the midst of that, they they need some things. We need insurance cards, we need some information. So in the midst of getting information to the hospital, she finds some photos of a younger woman in his wallet. And she doesn't do anything in that moment because she's trying to help her husband survive, get to the next day. A few days later of helping him, she confronts him about it and says, you know, this can't keep happening. You gotta make a choice. And he tells her that the, the other woman who's more like their daughter's age, when he gets better, He's going to be with her. And she stayed by him through that season of rehab until he got good enough to go home, get on his feet, and moved out and left to go be with the other person. It is hard to be faithful in a world in which not everyone around you will be faithful, not everyone around you will be trusting or loyal or committed, and the pains that you experience are gonna make it hard to keep showing up to be faithful, to be trusting, to be loyal. Um, It's harder to be faithful when we deal with the reality that our world is not always so perfect and ideal. One of the challenges I think we face, like what gets in our way? Not just what other people do, but what gets in our way of being faithful? Sometimes it's priorities. Um, Sometimes we have the ability to say with our words, that our faith matters to us, that God's important. But it's actually hard when it gets into the nitty gritty of everyday life and what actually counts and what actually gets my value and my attention and my presence and, and things, you know, my, my engagement. And I'm reminded of all of those gospel stories in which Jesus invited people on the journey, said, follow me. And someone would say, let me go bury my father first. Another person, let me go say farewell to people in my home. And he's like, no. And that's really hard. Because you're like, surely I get a few days for my funeral, right? The funeral I gotta throw. Um, But actually, what's the priority? What's the thing that you gotta do first? Is God actually our priority? And I think younger families experience this struggle in unique ways. Um, I think parents especially feel that, that need to do what's best for their kids and their minds and how do I help them get ahead and get to the future that I want them to be able to have? And so all sorts of extracurricular things become higher and higher priorities. And then one day we wonder, wait, where'd they go? Why aren't they in church anymore? When we haven't actually made church and our faith the same priority, the highest priority. Maybe for some people uh, that, that challenge is well, I've been faithful for so many years. What is it when my faith in my church doesn't look like it used to? Can I still be faithful when things don't look like they did? 
Some of us, our challenges are not just our priorities. Our own physical health gets in the way. I think the biggest example of this in our Bible is Job. Uh, In the figure, uh, in that story, the accuser comes to the Lord and says, skin for skin, all that people have they will give to save their lives. Stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh and he will curse you to your face. And many of you, when you had that that day, you got that diagnosis, you had that injury, you suddenly were thrown into, can I be faithful in the midst of this? And it was easier before, but can I still be faithful? What does it be to be faithful in the midst of health challenges? In our world, we, we struggle with our doubts, our mental, uh, our mental roadblocks. Many of us were given a childhood faith and weren't given nuanced answers, weren't given nuanced theology, theology that deals with the ugliness of everyday life. And then we struggle with how do we make sense of the world around us and our faith. And maybe like Thomas, we say, well, until I see the marks and the nails in his hands and put my finger in those marks, I won't believe. What is it to be faithful in the midst of doubt and struggles? I think that Paul is speaking into that world. The Galatians don't have it easy. They're struggling. And we don't know all of their struggles, but we do know they at least have a deep theological, at least that mental space game of how on earth do I wrap my head around what, what my faith is calling me to do. In that time, there were some teachers that came after Paul and said, what it means to be a Christian, you have to follow every letter of the law, so you gotta dress a certain way, you gotta eat a certain thing, you gotta observe these certain holidays. And unless you do that, you're not actually following Christ. And Paul is wrestling with that because ultimately what Paul has to write them about is, what do I do with Scripture? Because if you remember, when Paul is dealing with these communities, there's no New Testament. There's the story of Jesus alive in the world in people's mouths and in their lives. But the only Scripture they've got is, is the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, And there's a whole lot of law codes in that. And he's trying to wrestle with, how do I tell people that that's not actually the route that God is saying is how you be faithful? And that's a tricky, challenging, confusing world that Paul has to speak into. And so, what is it to be faithful? Now, Paul Paul deals with, what do I do with Scripture by by doing one thing, he does distinguish the law from all of Scripture of like, that the law isn't just everything. That You can talk about Abraham and things that predate the giving of the law. But he talks about the law as a disciplinarian or as a prison guard or, or some sort of figure um, that only holds you in. All of the rules, the do's and don'ts that that kind of life um, is trying to stop. He says uh, in Galatians, for if the law had been given that could make, if a law had been given that could make alive, then righteousness would indeed come through the law. So he's saying, if we could make a law that would set the world right, then let's just set that law. That's not possible though. He goes on to say, now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. 
Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. And I think what he's saying is, it's hard. If you're like, how do I be faithful? Well, if you've got a list of do's and don'ts, you're like, okay, I must have to do that. That's an easy answer. But the challenge was that those do's and don'ts were separating people. And they were excluding people. And they weren't, um, they weren't actually at the heart of what God was trying to do. And so Paul is trying to help them see that the rule book actually isn't the life-giving force. The rule book was a guide, was a protective figure, was a disciplinarian. But you're not going to get life out of just laws. And for some of us, we need to hear that. Um, Because if faithfulness is simply, did I do the right things or did I avoid the wrong things, there's not going to be life in that. It doesn't sustain you when life gets hard. There has to be more. There has to be something life-giving that our faithfulness is intended for. And Paul gives us what faithfulness looks like by talking about a community of faith. And when I say a community of faith, I'm not just talking about us. Paul talks about a faithful God. What is it? Like, why, why would we be faithful if someone doesn't care about you? Right? Like, he's grounding our faithfulness in you can always count on God to be faithful. The God who made a promise to Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations, and all nations will be blessed through you. The God who was faithful to Joseph in prison in Egypt, the God who was faithful to the Hebrew people in slavery, the God who was faithful to Daniel in the lion's den, the God who is faithful, even though just about every story we get in which God's being faithful, we're messing things up. That while God is giving the covenant to Moses on the mountain, the people are down at the bottom of the mountain making golden calves. That that God is still faithful even when we are not. And that God's faithfulness, thankfully, doesn't depend on a rule book of do's and don'ts because we always fall short of that. The law wasn't the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham and all humanity. It was a guard until promises of God could be fulfilled. The one thing that has never changed, though, is that God is faithful. And we don't just have a faithful God. We have a faithful Christ and Lord. One of the things I love that we, we, we can't get into all of the, the fun details of is that in Paul's work, he loves using a phrase. I'm just going to try to be as wooden as possible about this. Faith, Christ. And there's a translation challenge. Do I say faith in Christ or do I say the faith of Christ? Is it Christ's faithfulness or our faithfulness that keeps being uh, lauded and praised and celebrated as, as part of that new day of what transforms the world, what changes lives? And the answer is yes. It is the faithfulness of Christ and our own faithfulness in Christ that changes lives. That Christ was faithful in both death and life and inaugurates a life that is new, that is fresh, that is loving, that is good. And that if our God can be faithful and if Christ can be faithful, what else can we do besides respond in kind? Shouldn't we be faithful?
Paul writes, for in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. The faithful church stops looking at all of those things that divides us. He gave us a list of things that could be dividing and were dividing the Galatians. What do you mean it doesn't matter if I was Jewish or Greek? Didn't God choose us as our people or aren't they on the outside? And I always think it's helpful for us to remember that we are the outsiders in that story. Does it not matter whether someone is free and has all these privileges and rights and power and money or if someone else is a servant and slave? Does it not matter if you're male or female? Paul's saying all of those things that we categorize people by and box them in by don't matter at all. What our identity is grounded in is our unity in Christ. That in Christ, all people are united. And those boundaries don't matter in the same way. We have a hard time actually living that out, though, because we still categorize people. We still distinguish them. But the faithful God who decided that it wasn't do's and don'ts that, that bring you into a relationship, but the fact that God is faithful grounds all of us not based on our merits, but on our identity as children of God. What does it mean to be faithful as a church here in Jackson? That looks different for each of us. I think there's some commonalities, but God is calling each of us to live out our our callings, our gifts, our skills. What does that mean? Have you asked yourself that? What does it mean to be faithful to God in my life right now? And I think many of us are facing serious, serious difficulties. We don't often announce them all. Like they don't all show up in our prayer times together because sometimes they're too hard, they're too difficult, and I can't voice it. But many of us are struggling either ourselves or people that are close to us. And what does it mean to be faithful to God and to our neighbor in the midst of struggles? I can't help but think, okay, God, maybe this is part of the reason why you've called me here. We've got people facing really challenging health diagnoses. Some people who, that's been their reality for several years. Some people it's been uh, a a sudden awakening in, in the shortest of times recently. Some people, it's not the physical health, it's our mental health. You know, we have so many people struggling. We were talking about this actually at the movie night yesterday about, or a movie matinee about how, how many people are struggling uh, with anxiety and depression. The uh, American Psychological Association, APA, they released a report this year about the increase in, in this difficulty. Since 2000, 
we've had a 30% increase in suicide rates. And for women of all ages, a 50% increase in 16 years. People are struggling, and sometimes our priorities, we get distracted by little things that don't matter, but someone's life might be broken and, and being trying to hold all the pieces together. Can we, can we have a heart for those people? You know, they were talking about these rates. Uh, if you're age 10 to 34, suicide's the second leading cause of death. And um, the, the studies show that it's the highest rates have been since World War II. And in part, I bring that up to say some of our older members also might have experienced these challenges in different eras and different times. And they, they come and they go in, in their severities. But in the midst of that, I can't help but think about pains in my own life in which I'd, I wouldn't choose. I don't think anybody chooses the pains in their life if you had a choice. Yeah, I'd, I'd take out this illness or that problem. But God, okay, wh- what do you want me to do? Um, I know what it's like to lose people right? Um, At nine, losing my dad to cancer. I know what that pain feels like. And maybe that helps when I hear that what you're going through, that I can sit with you and I can feel that pain and I can walk alongside you and we can just share humanity together. Um, For me, I didn't process that pain and my faithfulness challenge came later because at nine, how much can you think about, right? Uh, and so it was more like, I'm going to say eighth grade through sophomore year. Um, what I struggled with then was why, God? That was my faithfulness challenge. Why, God, do you take someone who loved me? Why are the other people in my life being hateful or distant? I can't share all of my, all of my family stories out here. Why is this happening? And for me, I then didn't want to make it any further. Death actually felt like a better reality than the pain you were living in. And people in today's world are in pain. It might not be you today. It might be a neighbor. It might be a family member. But people are in pain. And sometimes we we lose the, the priorities that matter. And we care about all the little things carpet colors, coffee choices. But people are just struggling to survive, and maybe that's not you again in that moment, but, but people are struggling to live. And what is it to be called to be faithful? If you're in that pain, what I hope you realize, what I hope that you experience, what I hope you feel, uh, that I felt, was at some point I realized that as angry at God as I was, that God was still faithfully right there with me in that. And you couldn't push God away. And that God wasn't distant and far and removed from pain, but right in the midst of it. That everyone that you care for in life that suffers and is in pain, God cares for and doesn't wish that they suffer and doesn't wish that they have pain. And that God can handle your anger and frustrations and pains and crying and grief. Whether that's you or the people around you, What is it to be faithful to a God who is faithful with us in the midst of our pains? 
And I hope that this community, you know, as I think about my own life, I, I hope I had a community that wasn't willing to be vulnerable and open about the stuff you were struggling with. That's part of the pain of that. I had to learn my lessons in my own bedroom and not in church. But I want this to be a community where it's okay to say, you know, I'm having a hard time being faithful to God. My doubts are too much right now. My health is hard and I I don't know what to do with that. And that it's okay to, to share that because as long as you show up, you're still participating, you're still being faithful. And even when we choose not to show up, God still shows up in all of those moments. And so I'm grateful for everyone who's been a um, bright spots, who have been a light to me and our community. I'm grateful to those who, um, you know, we, we have someone who, who joins us in, in one of our worship services who, despite stage four cancer, will still show up to be angry with God at moments, but also trusting with God at moments. We have people in our younger community um, who've transformed their own struggles, their own sufferings, and used those as testimonies to even their, their peers on platforms. We have older members who, despite not being able to physically join us, have sought for ways to support us even from afar. We have people who put their faithfulness to God above their own agendas and our own wish lists and desires. The world needs more faithfulness. They need more commitment, more trust. Hey, I can't understand this. Hey, I'm struggling. I'm still gonna show up and I'm gonna trust in God even when things don't look good. And I think that the message from Paul like all of these fruit of the Spirit, is you can't do faithfulness on your own. Like, you can't just will it out of yourself. You gotta spend time into prayer and worship and service that it's when we walk with the Spirit of God that we realize that God is always with us. And then we learn what true faithfulness is and it starts growing out of us. And my hope for our church is that our faithfulness wouldn't just be a feeling but it would be visible everywhere. And it doesn't matter what those around me do or if my body gives way or if I'm mentally struggling to make it through the day, but I will be faithful to a faithful God. Would you join me in prayer? God, we are all here in this space in different ways. Lord, for, for whoever's in this space who's struggling, who's in the midst of suffering, whatever that looks like, Lord, I just ask that your presence, your faithfulness would just be overwhelmingly felt in their life, that you would not feel distant and far, but the reality of your, your closeness would be present. Lord, I, I, I pray that for those who are suffering, they might encounter in this space other faithful followers of Christ who care for them, who love them, who want a safe space for them, and that they would be overwhelmed by the faithfulness of those around them. Lord, for all who are in here, who it's a joyful day, and it's a celebratory day, and they're like, oh, 
I'm faithful today. Lord, I just ask that you would um, help them enjoy that space and appreciate it and be grateful for it and also give them a heart to bring others into that same space with them, to bring others along on life's journey. Lord, help us to be faithful to you above all else. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.